Alright, so if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. And uh, we're going to begin here in verse 30. And uh, last week we last week we talked about the Word of God and how Jesus Christ is that pure Word. He is that He is that pure Word of God, the incorruptible seed. Okay, and uh, we we talked about that, and we talked about how the transfiguration is showing that Christ is that pure, incorruptible, perfect Word of God. And He is God in the flesh. He is God the Son. Amen. So, picking up here in verse 30, it says, And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and He would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. Then he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. Now, I want to, I do want to say this. Okay? Now, as per getting into what Jesus said and how the Son of Man will be delivered and killed, okay, and rise the third day, and they... But they understood not the saying and were afraid to ask him. Can I just tell you something? Can I just encourage you that if there's something in your Bible that you don't understand, that's okay. You're not going to understand everything that's written in the Bible. We have a finite mind. And we're not going to fully understand certain things. Okay? Now, with that said, is it okay to ask the Lord? Lord, I don't know what you mean by this. Can you show me from your word what you mean? Absolutely. If there's something that you don't understand, ask God. You have not because you ask not. Amen? So, you shouldn't be afraid to ask the Lord about certain things in his word. Okay, never be afraid, never be timid to ask God. Now, you don't want to ask out of doubt. You don't want to ask out of fear. You don't want to. You don't. You don't want to. You don't want to. And you don't want to question God as per you know. You don't want to. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you're questioning Him, as if you're hurling accusations against him you don't want to do that but is it okay to ask God why this happened or that happened of course now really it's really the Lord could tell you he could he could tell you right there or then or he may not tell you and say no you're not ready to understand 
And sometimes we just got to be patient and we have to wait. We need to wait. Because in time, God will reveal that to you if he chooses. But if there's something you don't understand in God's word, always ask God. God will reveal it to you through his word. Amen. He will always do things by the book. And if God does it by his book and by his word, how much how much are we ought to do the same thing? We ought to live and live according to the word of God. And do it by and do and do and we we are able we we ought to be able to walk in this life by the book. Amen. Now it says, and he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, "What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way?" But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the, son, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Okay, so we see here that the disciples were disputing among themselves who should be the greatest. Okay, now Jesus said if any man desire to be first, he needs to be last and the servant of all. Now you might ask yourselves, well, that's great, Brandon, but what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. If there's any any of you that is called to be a pastor, called to preach, that is a position of leadership. And if you desire a position of leadership, you first must learn how to be a servant. Because if you cannot be a servant, if you cannot learn how to serve and to be a servant, how then can you lead? He who is faithful in little is faithful also in much. We must needs be to learn how to serve. The greatest leader is also the greatest servant. If you don't know how to be a servant, then you'll never learn how to be a leader. Okay? Um, And then we also look here that Jesus took a child and set him in the midst of them, and when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one one of such children in my name receiveth me. So if you receive a child in the name of Christ, you don't just receive Christ, but you also receive 
the Father. What does that show you? It means that Christ and the Father are inseparable. If you receive Christ, then you receive the Father. What does that also tell you? It means that you can't just say, you can't just say that you love Christ and you obey Him and yet dishonor the Father. It does not work that way. And vice versa. You can't say you love God and honor God and yet dishonor the Son. You can't do that. The Pharisees tried to do that and they failed. And they failed miserably. Why? Because the Pharisees, the, tra the traditions that they held were the traditions of man and they put the traditions of man way above the Word of God. So even though they were they claimed to, to believe God. They dishonored Christ. And if you dishonor Christ, you dishonor the Father. And I don't mean to get political here, but think about, th think about what's going on in politics. You've got the Republicans and Democrats. They're both guilty. The Democratic Party has gone ex pretty much to the extreme to where they're just a bunch of socialists. Now, there are some Democrats that are leaving, and there's still some moderate Democrats left. Now, but then people will say, well, that's why I like the Republican Party, because they're forgotten country. Are they really? Think about I want you to think about something. You get all these Republicans in there. Oh, they say, well, we love God. We love our guns. We love our country. Yet they say they follow God. But yet a lot of them, by their actions, dishonor Jesus Christ. So if they dishonor Jesus Christ, they're dishonoring God. Which then makes both sides... Wicked. Just saying. And a lot of people are going to hate me for that. But you better be careful about how you spout off about loving God and yet you dishonor the Son. Okay? If you honor God, you'll honor the Son. If you honor the Son, you honor the Father. You cannot honor the Father and dishonor the Son. It doesn't work that way. Jesus said, the Father and I are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the image of the Father. You don't need no painting and picture of what God might look like. We already have that. We have... The image that we have of the Father is Jesus Christ. Now, continuing on, verse 38. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us, and we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name 
that can like that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever should give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Now let me say something unto this. And there's going to be a lot of Christians and a lot of people that are going to hate me for this, but I really don't care. If you don't like it, you take it up with God. But you know what really bothers me the most is when you get people that proclaim to be born again, believe on Christ, and they, they come out and they say, well, you know, you ought to be doing this and feeding the poor and this and that and, and all this stuff. And what they're doing is they're implying that if you don't do what they do, then how can you be saved? That's ridiculous. Not everyone is called to go out and street preach. Not everyone is called to go out and feed the poor. Not everyone is called to go out and pass out tracts. There are some very good faithful pastors that preach in churches, that tell it as it is. They preach the word of God and there's, they have a zeal for God. But does that make them any less than you who go out and preach the word of God? No. How dare anybody try to look down on others because they're not doing what you're doing? Just because someone may be called to preach does not mean they're called to street preach. If you've got someone that serves God but is not called what you're what you're called to do, you are not to forbid him. And you get these Christians that are holier than thou, and they will say, they'll say, well, you know, if they're not doing what I'm doing, they must not be saved. I think it's despicable how how you get born again, how you can get these people who profess to be born again. They have this they have this attitude towards other believers. And if you're one that has that attitude that oh well, if they're not doing what I'm doing, then they must not be saved. Let me tell you what, let me reread you what Jesus said. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. So how can you forbid somebody or try to forbid someone because they don't do what you do? How can you? If they serve God in a, in a capacity in which they have been called to, that's not a calling that you have, that doesn't make them any lesser than you. What it, what it does make them is a fellow brother in Christ who will not speak evil of Christ. Simple as that. So just because someone serves in a different capacity... 
than you does not give you a right to look down a, to look down on to look down on them and say well he needs to do this and that no not all are preachers not all are an eye or a foot It really bothers me how you get people that do that to to, 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 to to other brothers. It's shameful. It should not be that way. And I'm going to tell you something. If you are one of those that are like that, you ought to repent. God will forgive you, but you need to repent of your sin. Don't be looking down on your fellow brothers and sisters. No, you don't forbid him. You let him serve the way that he needs to serve God. And don't be playing God and saying, well, he needs to be doing what I'm doing. No, he does not. If God told him to be to go somewhere and preach, then he'll go somewhere and preach. But by you trying to tell someone else that they need to be doing what they're doing, you're playing God. And that's very dangerous ground to be treading on. Amen? Listen, I'm telling it as it is. I'm not going to apologize for it. If you don't like it, then take it up with God. All right. Now, verse 42. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. Oh, I've got something to say about that too. You know what that is? That's people... Who want to be sick, perverted pedophiles. Mm -hmm. But guess what? It doesn't just end there. It doesn't end there. Because guess what? Anybody who is born again as a child of God... So it's not just offending little kids and little children. It's also offending God's people. You want to offend one of God's people or God or, or, or a little child? And you're going to cause them to stumble? It'd be better if a millstone were hanging about his neck and were cast into a sea. God is saying, don't offend a little child. But he's also saying, don't offend one of my people. Why? Because anyone who's born again has been given the power to become what? The sons of God. Children of God. Jesus says, you must be as a little child. We just read that. Don't offend God's people and don't offend 
Don't offend God's people and don't offend a little child. In other words, okay, touch not, actually hang on a second because I'm, I'm getting very, I'm getting wound up here. Um, oh boy, hang on, bear with me, um, let's see, okay, First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 22, saying, touch not mine anointed, and do my prophet's no harm. Psalm one, uh, Psalm one hundred five, fifteen, saying, "Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm." Don't you dare try to lay your finger on God's anointed, and you don't you dare try to afflict God's prophets, because God will not take lightly to it. You want to know what it means to offend a child or God's people? That's what it means. That's that's a partial meaning of that. Don't don't touch his anointed and don't and and and, and don't harm God's prophets. Because God will not take kindly to that. And by the way. I'm, I'm just I'm going to call out Joe Biden for who he really is. Joe Biden is a disgusting, perverted pedophile. That's who we have as a president. And do you know why we have a pedophile as a president? Because this nation has wanted to coddle itself and perversion. And because we wanted, as a nation, to be perverted, God handed this nation over to a perverted pedophile. Joe Biden is a pedophile, sniffing girls' hair, sniffing women's hair. And that's just the start of it. Then you got that that son of his, Hunter. He, that guy, that guy's a whoremonger. He's a perverted whoremonger who who takes his whoremongering and writes it off his taxes. You see how corrupt this is? I'm gonna tell you something. We're all corrupt. We're all wicked. We're all evil. That's why we need a savior. That's why we need Jesus Christ. That's why we need to get on our knees and cry out to Jesus to to have him save us. The only difference the only difference between a saved and a lost person is that when a person is truly saved, they are sealed and they are saved they are sinners saved by grace through faith. A lost person is a lost sinner on their way to hell if they don't if they don't choose to accept Christ. Oh Brandon, this is too hard. Well, you know what? If you think it's too hard, go find a go find a preacher that preaches what you want to hear. Cuz I ain't going to do it. 
Joe Biden is a disgusting, perverted pedophile. And his son's a whoremonger. You want to get real? That's how real. That's how real. That's how real that's gonna be. I'll give you. I'll get. I'll get it. I can't talk today. I'll even get even more real if I need to. Verse forty three. It says, "And that and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched." Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter, in, to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast in a hellfire where their warm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You get these prosperity preachers that will say, well, God wants you to be, he wants you to be of good health and success. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if there's any part of you that, that offends to cut it off is better to is better to enter life maimed than whole. That right there is a direct. Th these verses here, okay, go against what these prosperity preachers say. And guess what? Let God be true, and every man a liar. Telling you, I'm getting stirred up. Mm hmm. I'm getting stirred up. We're almost done. We're actually the last two verses. For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if that salt have lost its saltiness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. I'm telling you, it is good to be salted with salt. You know why? Because salt preserves. Why do you think the church is being trampled underfoot? Why do you think Christianity is being trampled on our foot? It's because the lost and dying world does not take Bible Christianity seriously. Why? Because Bible Christ because you get churches and you get people and individuals that have lost their savor. And Jesus said that if salt loses its savor, it is good for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of men. You have churches and individuals that have lost their savor. 
Mm-hmm. You do. You've got people that have that have strayed away from the Word of God, all because they didn't want to offend anybody or they didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, Bryn, you hurt my feelings. Well, boo-hoo-hoo. I don't answer to the feelings police, neither to you. I answer to God. And if you don't like what I preach and you think I hurt your little feelings, then I think you need to take your little feelings somewhere else. Listen, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. Amen. We live by faith, not by sight. And people, you need to get you need to, people need to get their heads on straight and not get. If you get your feelings hurt, then tell God that you got your feelings hurt. I'm telling you. It's so despicable on what's going on right now in politics and the laws being put out. You realize that the laws being put out is because somebody got their feelings hurt. So they have to make laws to protect their feelings. Bull I ain't buy I ain't buying that nonsense. I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. You want to make laws protecting people's feelings? Maybe you need to just go and go live in an island somewhere. Have a little feelings party. Have a little pity party. Tell one another about how you feel. I'm going to tell you, I know there are probably Christians that struggle with their feelings. I know I'm one of them. And so I just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, just want to encourage you. This life is not about feelings. Okay, it's about faith. Don't let Satan try to con you into having your feelings hurt. You know, don't let you know don't don't let don't don't let Satan try to try to manipulate your feelings to, to where you know that's all you're going to focus on is feelings. Let me tell you something. When you focus on your feelings, you're taking your eyes off Christ, and that's exactly what Satan wants. Don't let Satan try to put your eyes on your feelings. We live by faith, not by sight. And I just want to just just encourage each and one of you brothers and sisters that if you're going by your feelings, then you need to give it to God. Give it to God. First Peter five seven. First Peter five seven. 
Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Charles Spurgeon wrote here about, uh, this is what he has to say about verses 6 through 7. It says, we live because he lives, and never is our life more joyous than when we, than when we look most steadily to him. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you feel. All that matters is do you have faith in him? We ought to look steadily on him. Don't let your feelings interfere. Now, God did give us feelings. Feelings are not a bad thing. When it comes a bad thing is when your feelings take over, which then takes your eyes off Christ and focuses focuses on you. This life is not about you. This life is about Christ. We have to look steadily on him. We need to focus our attention on him. We need to look on him. We need to lift our burdens and our cares upon him. Because why? He cares for us. Amen? There's nothing wrong with grieving. There's nothing wrong with weeping. There's nothing wrong with having emotion. Where it becomes wrong is when you that's all you focus on. This life is not about your emotions. This life is about Christ. Amen. And I will be the first to admit I have an issue with focusing too much on how I feel. I will be the first to admit it. I get discouraged, I get down, I get out, I get mad, I get angry, I get upset, I get sad. I I have all those things. And my problem is, is I focus too much on those emotions when I need to be focusing on Christ. I will be the first to admit I am guilty in that area. And I need help. I need help. I need help from God. I need help from God's people. Because good Lord knows I struggle with that. Satan also knows I struggle with my emotions. Which is why a lot of times that's where he'll, that's a lot of time where it is where he'll, will try to attack by manipulating my emotions.
He'll try to do it because he'll try to do that by getting your feelings hurt. Amen. And listen, I'm not trying to be mean or rude or disrespectful. But I have to tell it as it is. And I'm not and, and just because I'm on here preaching does not mean I'm better than you because I am not. I have my own struggles. And I need God's help. Amen. I need God's help. So, and I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you don't know if heaven's going to be your home, I will say this, that the Holy Ghost is convicting you. All you need to do is cry out to him. You just cry out to the Lord and ask him to forgive you, ask him to save you, and he will. You don't have to pray a fancy prayer to get saved. You don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, you know. You know. Repeat after a preacher or a pastor to get saved. No, no, no. It's simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, you will be saved. But you need to confess with your mouth, because confession with the mouth and believing in your heart. Is what leads you to salvation. Don't let anyone try to tell you otherwise. Amen. And so I just want to say I, 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 I generally do love you all. If I didn't, I wouldn't be on here preaching the truth to you. And I just let you wallow in your sin sins while you on while you're on your way to hell. But I try to love you enough to tell you the truth. And I'm not always going to be right. I'm going to be wrong at times. God is never going to allow me to be 100% right. And I want you to do me a favor. My favor is this. You take what I say and you compare it to the, with the word of God. If what I say does not match with the word of God, then let God be true and Brandon be a liar. And I'm going to tell you something. One of these days I'm going to have to give an account for what I said here today. And so preaching and teaching is no light thing. Okay? But listen, I love you guys. I do. All right. Um, and so anyways, I that's all I've got today. We're, we're already done with Mark chapter 9. We are. Had a lot to say about a lot of stuff. Um, so next time, um, we're going to be getting into Mark chapter 10, which looks like Mark chapter 10 is going to probably be a couple, uh, couple uh, you know, videos. Okay, we're not going to actually touch on all of it. So I think it might be a, a part one, part two, part three type thing. Okay, so next week we're going to be getting into Mark chapter 10. Lord willing. Uh, Lord willing on Saturday we'll be getting into Baptist history. Okay, we're going to be getting into Baptist history. 
And then, um, again, next week will be Mark chapter 10. And then a week from Saturday, we'll be back into the Masonic and Occultic Symbols. Okay? So. But with that said, that's all I got for you today. I love you guys. You guys are the reason why I do why I do what I do. And um, I love you guys. You guys, God bless you. You guys have a great week. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you all on Saturday. All right? Love you guys. God bless you. See ya. Love ya. Bye.